Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Defend the Hill podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, we thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy what we're producing. The purpose of this show is to relive the milestone moments of Oak Hill High School athletics from the athletes, coaches, and support personnel who were there. Each week, we will sit down with a former Golden Eagle and reminisce about the highs and lows of their athletic career at Oak Hill and what they've been up to since graduation. And thanks to some great local sponsors, each episode will feature a historical Oak Hill Team of the Week and an Oak Hill Trivia question. Speaking of sponsors, today's episode would not be possible without the great support of Compass Ministries. Whether it is Compass Family, Compass Community, Compass College Stage Ministry, or Compass Worship, our desire is to provide events, resources, and opportunities that will introduce, strengthen, and empower you to make Jesus Christ the main focus of every aspect of your life. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at CompassJN146 or join us for Compass Worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Roseburg Event Center. Thank you again to Compass Ministries for making this episode happen. All right, we got a great show lined up for you today with a guest that is not only a highly accomplished Oak Hill athlete, but also one of the pillars of the Oak Hill community. I'm excited to listen to him share his story from his days at Oak Hill and playing football in the Big Ten Conference. But before we get to our guest, it's time to highlight our AgriGreen Team of the Week. We thank AgriGreen for sponsoring our Team of the Week each episode as we highlight a historical Oak Hill team. The AgriGreen team has a passion for all things farming and farm management. AgriGreen has fun doing what they do and believe their services and products are practical and make their customers money. They use practical agronomy with years of experience and data as the basis to drive seed selection, fertility recommendations, and chemical and input programs for each individual farm. They can also help you with your land ownership goals and management needs. Visit agrigreen.com to find out more. That's A-G-R-I-Green.com. All right, our Agrigreen team of the week for this episode is one of the best teams in Oak Hill history for any sport. The 1991 girls cross-country team, coached by Gene Walker. Now, this was a a sport that is single class, as it is today. And this 1991 girls team, not only did they win the Grant Four Championship, but they won the TRC Conference Championship. They won the sectional championship at Tipton. They won regionals at Manchester. They won the semi-state championship at Manchester. And they went down to the South Grove Golf Course in Indianapolis for the state cross-country championship meet and finished in ninth place. Just a tremendous accomplishment for a single-class sport, especially for a small school like Oak Hill. The 1991 girls cross-country team became the first cross-country team to win a semi-state in school history. The Eagles were led by Marcy DeVoe's 44th place finish. Jennifer Warnick finished 48th. Stacy Conley finished 62nd. Holly Schaefer, 95th, Allison Lanham, 100th, Laura Mamman finished 115, and Lisa Schaefer finished 135 at that state championship meet. Congratulations again to the 1991 girls cross-country team for an incredible season. Each episode, our good friends at Milk and Honey Coffee Company are sponsoring a trivia question of the week. The first person to visit Milk and Honey with the correct answer will win a free drink, any size, any flavor. Milk and Honey Coffee Company is a coffee shop serving locally roasted coffee, baked goods, and lots of love. Located in the heart of Converse, Indiana, Milk and Honey is a proud supporter of the Oak Hill community. 
Stop in to see Bridget Boswell and the crew Monday through Friday from 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 to 10 a.m. Don't forget that the first person to tell the Milk and Honey staff the correct answer of this week's trivia question will receive a drink of their choice, any size and any flavor. Visit Milk and Honey at 202 North Jefferson Street in downtown Converse today. All right, here is the Milk and Honey trivia question of the week. Oak Hill Girls Track and Field has been represented at the Indiana High School State Track and Field Championship meet seven times in this one event, more than any other event in school history. Again, the Oak Hill Girls Track and Field program has been represented at the Indiana State Championships seven times in this specific event, more than any other in school history. You drop into Milk and Honey today and name that, uh, what I want to say, the first person to drop into Milk and Honey and provide that correct answer will win that free drink. All right, now we're going to get on to our guest today. And the guest would not be possible without our wonderful sponsor, Meadowmere Meats. Local farm and meat supplier to the Grant County area, Meadowmere Meats is proud to offer high-quality premium meats to our community. Once you taste the difference, you will understand the value in choosing only Meadowmere Meats to fill your freezer. Visit MeadowmereMeats.com to place your order. Once again, that website is Meadow, M-E-R-E, Meats.com. Visit Meadowmere Meats today. All right, now the guest in our studio today. Again, he is not only a Oak Hill legend, but also had a wonderful career at Purdue University. And like I said, is a pillar in our community. At Oak Hill, though, this individual is a first-team All-State defensive back on the football field. He finished in the top 10 all-time in career rushing yards with over 2,000. He was the co-captain of the 1979 sectional runner-up team in football. He was the 1979 Grant County Football Player of the Year. He also played basketball and track and field for the Golden Eagles. Upon graduating from Oak Hill, he went on to Purdue University, where he was a three-year letter winner as a defensive back. And then when he returned to the community, he coached Oak Hill football for nine years. Our guest today, Mr. Toby Middlesworth. Welcome, Toby. Well, thank you, Brad. Um, appreciate the uh, opportunity to, to share. So, Toby, I was looking up some of your stats and information, and you had quite the impressive football career. Over 2,000 yards on the ground, but also you were known for your defense, first team All-State as a defensive back. So just bring us back to the beginning. So folks that don't know you, where did that competitive spirit come from? What was your upbringing like in the Oak Hill community playing youth sports? Yeah, so I was uh, much like uh, all young kids in a community of uh, growing up playing Little League baseball. And um, uh, certainly football was not an option until junior high. And so um, that's kind of where the football thing started. We were always into picking up uh, uh, games at the local parks and playing basketball. And, and just if it was a sport, uh, in this community, we played it as kids growing up. And you also, I know we're pretty busy as a farmer as well. I'm sure you were working pretty hard during those times when you weren't playing ball. Yeah, just on the farm, being raised on the farm provided a lot of opportunity uh, for work. I think, uh, you know, looking back, uh, those opportunities that, that I had uh, 
certainly helped with work ethic and uh, starting a, a task and completing it. And so uh, I was very fortunate to, to grow up in the uh, family that I had, in the environment that I had. And, and uh, so that was all positive, I think, to, to building, uh, you know, character and, and work ethic. Yep. So then when you weren't working on the farm, you were dominating on the gridiron, especially. You're known for your football prowess at Oak Hill. And so kind of take me through your high school career. Uh, your sophomore year was 1977. You guys finished with a 5-5 uh, five and five record. And I was looking up that season, and it was quite an up-and-down year. You guys outscored your opponents 190-97 to 97 on the year, but finished at 5-5. Five and five. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, kind of a unique year. Um, uh, for me, as a sophomore, uh, I didn't play a lot. Um, it, it just seems as I reflected back on teams and, and athletes, um, Oak Hill was an environment of you just kind of paid your dues. You know, you as a freshman or a sophomore, you just kind of took it all in and you played scout team and you helped the uh, upperclassmen become better football players and and that's just kind of the way it rolled uh, in all sports to uh, watch, learn. And, and so, yeah, sophomore year didn't do a lot. Junior year um, um, and senior year were certainly the, the years that I was active. And, uh, yeah, just a bunch of good guys as I reflect on teams and good athletes uh, all over the board. Uh, I was very fortunate to have great coaching. Uh, coach Law uh, being our, our football coach. Um, Glenn Heaton, uh, was our basketball coach my senior year and a great, great coach. And then Don Jones was our track coach. So really fortunate to be led by good, uh, good Christian, uh, coaches, number one, and then just the beneficiary of, of being around them, uh, being, uh, motivated by them. I think that helped me in my coaching down the road, but uh, really fortunate to have great coaches, great teammates, a um, lot of good players, and so you had to wait for your time. Yeah, you talk about waiting. Something that I thought was really interesting, looking up some of your statistics, Oak Hill had a string of running backs that were pretty darn good in the late 70s, so your sophomore year, you were sitting behind not only Alan Hodge, but Rick Schwarzy, and so statistically, in 1977, your sophomore year, Hodge ran for over 1,300 yards. Okay, he graduates. Next year, Schwarzy runs for almost 1,300 yards. He graduates, and then it's your turn, your senior year. You just don't see that kind of back-to-back-to-back depth at running back. So I fully understand that a guy that went to D1 Purdue as a sophomore in high school was on the bench, or at least not getting the reps running the ball. So you had two really good running backs ahead of you. Yeah, I think it was just part of the culture. Um, it wasn't a surprise. It wasn't, uh, I didn't feel like I was getting, you know, was demoted. Uh, I think when you're that young, you look for opportunities uh, to do something different. And that helped me at Purdue. But uh, yeah, just a lot of good players. And uh, uh, yeah, it's you're not going to take a senior's place no, you, and that's a great culture to be yep. in I, I i certainly believe in that uh of earning your dues i think it, it builds character and 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 works well yep so when you started your high school career on the football field 
Do you remember your first memory of varsity? Did you get in as a freshman or was it that sophomore year? I got in as a sophomore, uh, returned some punts, some kickoffs. Uh, I don't remember running the ball, hardly any, that, that sophomore year. Um, specialty, specialty teams yep. uh, was uh, able to be part of that, but pretty limited as mm-hmm. a sophomore. You guys had pretty good numbers on the roster back in those days. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, but it seems like we all played. Yeah. You know, I yep. mean, it seemed like there were um, 60, 70, 80 from you know ninth grade uh, to senior. So uh, good, always good numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, looking back at some of those games, you had some blowouts that you probably got some more reps in. You guys beat Missinewal thirty-four nothing to open the season. You remember that one? I do. Uh, that was uh, actually it was the dedication of Mrs. Senawal's football field. Perfect. And uh, I think you know through all that new construction and warm ups, we found a, a a rock out in the field about as big as your fist. And I remember uh, our our team. I don't, I don't remember who found it, but we took it back. We painted it red and white and and put Mrs. Senawal's dedication game to their field and. <sighs> and uh, kept them scoreless in that game. So that was, that. that was kind of fun. I love that. So you started off 34 nothing with that victory. Then you lose three heartbreakers in a row. And one of the highlights of the season, you guys beat Taylor Township 51 to nothing. You showed yeah, they, no mercy back then. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Coach Law, we probably ran it 100 times that game, yeah. you know. Um, don't intentionally run things up. But, again, we had a good team. Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately, that was a time in their cycle where they had limited players. And so they were going both ways, and they were tired. And But, but anyway, yeah, yeah, all good memories. I remember that game. Yeah. So you're a three-sport athlete. So sophomore, you're basketball and track and field. Do you remember much about those seasons? You getting to play in the varsity level? Uh, sophomore year, uh, no. Yeah. I, I remember dressing uh, for sectional. That was all I got to do was go out and, and help the older guys warm up. <laughs> and uh, track, yeah, I was active in track, ran hurdles, and uh, was was active in different events in track. Well, you mentioned before that there was a lot of good athletes during that era at Oak Hill, the late 70s, early 80s. You had teams across the board. It seemed like they were producing really solid athletic classes year after year. So it makes sense that you had to wait. A, an athlete of your caliber still had to sit the bench that sophomore year. Yeah, and that's, I guess, that's all I knew. You know, I didn't have huge expectations. I just uh, kind of went and did my job and, and hoped for an opportunity at some point, and eventually those those times came. Yep, so back to football now. Your junior year, things changed a little bit. It's 1978, and you're getting on the field more. You're making more of an impact, and you guys had a pretty darn good team. You won the MIC conference that year. That was the Mid-Indiana Conference. You guys finished with an 8-2 and two record and outscored your opponents 254 to 113. Like I said, you guys were loaded. You had Rick Schwarzy at running back. Bart Law was your quarterback. Uh, Ron Kelsey set a school record for pass receptions, single game, season, and career. So you had an opportunity to throw the ball, but also to run. And also that year, Jim Law, Coach Law, got his 100th victory. Yeah, those were special memories. Um, uh, His son, Bart Law, uh, he and I were really good friends, and – and he was an all-state um, quarterback and ended up getting on the uh, North All-Star team as well. Um, yeah, Mike Atkins, uh, Bart Law in the backfield um, uh, was a good time. We had good memories of games and uh, really fun, great guys to play with. 
So talk about the playoff system in high school football back then, because any of our younger listeners is going to be used to the all-in format that we have now. So every team in high school in the state of Indiana that plays football automatically makes the playoffs. But back when you played, it was a different system. You guys finished at 8-2, and two, and you didn't make the playoffs that year. Yeah, right. Uh, it was a point system. Um, if you were a um, 1A school playing a 2A school, and if you beat a 2A school, you got more points. If you were that 2A school that got beat, you suffered. So there were actually teams that were undefeated that did not make the playoffs um, that year. And so it was a big deal. It was one of the reasons why Oak Hill, because of football, got kicked out kicked out or encouraged to find another conference to be a part of. Uh, we were in the Mid-Indiana Conference and, and then went CIC. So um, they didn't like the idea of not qualifying for a playoff and their season was over and they could have had really, you know, a good team. It was, it was not a good system. No, not at all. I mean, you guys finished eight and two, your two losses in 1978, you lost by eight to Lewis Cass, and then you got beat pretty good by Peru, which seemed to have your number, your career at Oak Hill. Um, but other than that, you guys had dominant performances throughout the year. Really good defense, it looks like, in 78. Yeah, really good. Uh, Peru was had phenomenal athletes, and uh, we struggled with them. Uh, there was uh, one Peru game that we kind of weren't ready to play. I'll never forget that, and uh, Coach Law um, – kind of let us know about that at halftime and and still was was a struggle with them. Lewis Cass at that time for us was a big rivalry. Uh, they had a really good quarterback. And um, so we, um, the Eastern was always uh, great competition. And um, uh, yeah, a lot of different teams than we see Oak Hill playing today. Yeah, a little different conference. You still had some familiarity with Miss Sinwall, Madison Grant, and Eastbrook, but getting more into that Miami County area yeah, with those games. That's right. So you talked about you guys weren't ready for that Peru game. Uh, Coach Law will let you know about it. Coach Law obviously is somebody that a lot of Oak Hill people recognize. I would say virtually everybody knows who he is. He's a legend. Talk me through his coaching style because there weren't many games that you guys weren't prepared judging on the uh, schedule and the results. So walk me through kind of his game week preparation, how he got you guys ready to play every Friday. Yeah, well, he was, uh, to begin with, a master motivator. And uh, he had high expectations, and he was tough. Um, we were always one of the best well-conditioned teams. Um, that kind of helped us a bunch at the end of the games and and kept us a lot stronger than other other teams, but he, uh, it's a fantastic guy. I, I, um, I looked at coach law and he was truly one. Um, I think if you're a coach, um, and you coach for the kids and you invest your life into those kids, good things happen, you know, uh, and that's the way he was. Um, I think coaches today sometimes fail when they, they think the players are there for them. And so uh, he was uh, very instrumental in, in my life, um, developing me. He was, uh, we got to watch him prepare. He was very, um, you know, he charted himself in terms of his play calling to get his tendencies, and he coached against himself 
during the week and uh, was a really good strategist. And uh, he could motivate players, and they would give great effort. And so that's that's a mark of a good coach. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. So the the scouting against yourself, what kind of offense did you guys run uh, when you were playing? Yeah, we were a two-back um, pro formation, twins, some motion. Um, so just pretty basic, you know. I, I, one of those Peru games, with the drive, the um, one of the – the games where we got smoked, we finally got to be moving the ball. We ran the same play nine times in a row. And, uh, you know, he would just turn and say, run it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but we were, we were very well diversified as, as a team and an offense pass run tendencies. I don't know that anybody really ever caught on, uh, because he, broke his, the mold, you know, so um, very impressive to watch him as a young man uh, dedicated to what he was doing and uh, watched him deal with players. You know, there's always those special players that don't understand their potential and he was able to grab it out of them. Mm -hmm. And so that was, uh, that helped me a lot down the road for me coaching. Yeah. And he was one of many great coaches you had on the football Field. And there's a lot of continuity. I was looking at the the coaching rosters of your years. I mean, your coaching staff that you played for, Jim Law, then you had Coach Lou Snyder, Steve Tuttle, Dave Prickett, Pete Beck, Kurt Snell. That was a group that was together for seemed like a long time. Yeah, a long time. Long time. And you know, that's that's just a benefit. Um uh, that that he had a heck of a staff. All those guys uh, were very good position coaches and they did their homework and they, I was lucky when, when I went to the next level, I understood the technique that was being introduced in college, although it's a lot more how good our high school coaches were in preparing us. So, uh, coach law assembled a good group. Co coach Snyder was, boy, he was, he was awesome with the, the line. I always thought he didn't really like me. <laughs> you know, I would, uh, his line would make a hole and I didn't hit it. He would remind me of that. So Toby, um, you're too slow. Good, good, good memories. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. You were coached by Dave Prickett and so was I, he was my linebacker coach in high school. So, you know, there's not that much age difference here uh, <laughs> or maybe coach Prickett just coached for I, a long time. <laughs> so junior year, you know, football field, you guys had success. You won conference, didn't make the playoffs transitioning now to basketball season what do you remember about that 78 79 season yeah I wasn't a, a great basketball player I was a point guard and just kind of a team player try to get it up the court and and pass it to the guys that could get it done I don't remember a lot um <laughs> I, I remember the uh you know the, everybody was in the same class, class mm -hmm. and our rival then was Marion and certainly uh we had a, had a good season on my senior year uh, in basketball and, and they did too. And it was a big, it was a big deal. Uh, always, a, always a good experience to go against them. They always seem to get, get us, um, but good experience and, uh, good relationships kind of mm -hmm. came from that. Well, jump ahead then to that senior year basketball season and you played Marion, who's, you know, obviously one of the best schools in the state for a long time in basketball and Still is one of the better programs in the state, but also one of our most fiercest rival. There was really nothing better than beating Marion in basketball. It's not happened a lot in Oak Hill's history. So what happened that year? Well, it did certainly in the 70s. You know, yeah. there was a time where they built 
the, that arena, and Oak Hill had more victories in it than Marion did. So, yeah, always a rivalry. Uh, certainly, you knew they were, you were going to be in the Marion sectional. That's where you were going to play, and you ultimately, if you wanted to win it, you were going to have to beat them. So, yeah, my senior year, I think we were 18-4 and four going into that game, and and uh, I think uh, close to it maybe. And, uh, uh, yeah, we played pretty well the first half, and then – I don't remember the final score, Brent. I, I remember football scores. I don't That's remember okay. basketball <laughs> scores. It didn't go in your favor, though, huh? It did not no. go. In, it did, no, but uh, it did not go in our favor. But uh, I suppose the thing I remember about that game was that basketball season was such a memorable season. It was Glenn Heaton's first year, and he was such a good coach. And and um, you know, it's that last game is the game you remember a lot of times in your high school career. Um, remember my last game in football and certainly I remember uh, being a Marion in the locker room and that was it and uh, it was sad it was uh, a lot of tears are cried in that last game of, sure. of one's career in high school yeah and it was a like we talked about in football there was no playoff system where everybody got in in high school football when you played and in basketball that was still back when there was single class so right. talk me through the atmosphere of playing Marion at Marion, and then also playing in the Marion sectional and just the environment. Yeah, it was it was huge. I mean, there was uh, the buildup and uh, the student sections harassing each other from across the gym. The gym Marion High School gym was full, um, even in in the the Grant County uh, uh, tournaments they did, and and certainly sectional. It was. It was packed. The place to be. It was the entertainment, it, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. a lot of families. That's yeah. what they did. You bet. <laughs> so then transitioning to your senior year. So now this is this is your this is Toby's year, right? You're the running back. You're the main focus on offense. You had some great teammates, though. You still had Bart Law at quarterback um, your senior year. You had Mike Atkins, who was your co-captain. So you and Mike were the captains of that 1979 football team. It was a different year, though, because you didn't have a conference. Like you talked about before, you guys were ushered out of the MIC, and you were in a limbo year. So talk about that. Well, we, we, it was because of the playoff system and the way that was designed, um, we needed to find another conference. And so uh, that 79 football season, we didn't have a conference. But, man, did we have a lot to play for, right? We got to, to still play those teams. And... Um, um, I don't know. I put the hurt on them. I wasn't a big <laughs> trash talker or anything. You just went out and did your job. And uh, when I, you stepped on the field, you know, you flip the switch and here we go. So, yeah, good, good memories there. I'll talk some trash for you. So, 1979, <laughs> uh, you had a, a great year. You ran for over 1,400 yards on 221 carries. You got the ball a lot. That's a lot of carries. And you averaged 6.7 yards. So, every time you touched the ball, you were almost getting. A first down. Well, we had a good line. Good certainly. answer. Yeah, yeah uh, certainly did. Uh, an awesome line. And Mike Atkins, uh, as a fullback in our offense, uh, was a tremendous, tremendous blocker. And uh, credit him and uh, for a lot of that. And then, then the guys on the line. I mean, it's uh, that's a thankless position. And uh, there's been a lot of good football players be offensive linemen. Uh, for Oak Hill over the years. Yeah, you're, you're, you're 77, 78, 79 years. When you have three straight years of 
running backs rushing for 13, 1,400 yards. Right. It's about the line, right? It's about that offensive line. It absolutely is. And, and so a big tribute to Coach Snyder. That was his deal, right? Uh, he, he developed those guys, and uh, they did a great job. Well, the offense was just fantastic overall. So not only did you run for the second most yards in single season school history with your 1,400, uh, your second to Sandy Wary, who had 1,672, your yardage now is seventh most all time in a single season, just so you know. Yeah, I would I would never have known that. Nope. I don't. That's something I don't track. You're too humble, so I found it for you. Um, <laughs> but your offense was great because Bart Law was the quarterback, and he set a school record for career passing yards that year. You had some other studs on the team. Scott Snyder was selected to the AP All-State team as a linebacker. You were selected as an All-State defensive back, and then Bart Law, was just the third Oak Hill Eagle to be selected to the Indiana North-South All-Star Game. And then you mentioned Mike Atkins was a stud. These are just a few of the names of that team. But you guys went 8-2 and two your senior year. And you guys got started off uh, with a bang by beating Miss Sinewal, 17 nothing. And then you got tripped up at Madison Grant, 16-20 to 20 in Game 2. Do you remember that game? Yeah, I do. Uh, a good friend of mine, um, Joe Keelich, uh, played. He was an All-State guy. He ended up... Uh, uh, actually getting asked to walk on at Wisconsin. And so uh, we, yeah, he, and Joe, Joe broke my ribs my junior year on okay. a tackle. So he reminds me of that occasionally. Um, but yeah, they, it was, a, that was a tough game. That was a tough game. So um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good memories. Yep. So, you know, not to be, disappointed with that one-on-one start because you guys go into Lewis Cass next week, you beat them by two, and then you get beat pretty good by that Peru program who you said at the time was pretty special. So now you're sitting at two and two and your senior year, you guys then roll off six straight wins to finish the regular season. And this year you were selected to play in the playoffs. So you accumulated enough points your senior year to make it into the playoffs. And you guys played a little school by the name of Hamilton Southeastern. So what we're familiar with now is the Hamilton Southeastern University. Sure. Yeah. Uh, down there in the uh, Fishers area. But back when you guys played them in 79, they were a smaller school at the time, obviously. Yeah, I think they were the the biggest 1A school at the time and uh, had a bunch of good athletes. I think we got beat 14 to 10 in that game. And uh, it was a game I remember lots of plays. They had some good, very good players. Um, we had our opportunities in that one just didn't happen for us. Um, so, um, yeah, they, they certainly over the years, they've become an institution right yeah. down there. And, um, so I, you, I always kind of know when Hamilton Southeastern started, you know, back in 79, I know when that school's history kind of got going in the late seventies and, and had an opportunity to play a pretty good team that, that year. So talk to me what it was like hanging out the cleats. Um, that was hard. I, I, after we got beat, um, uh, I remember going to the locker room out by the track and out by the football field and gathering my stuff up. I did it seventh period. I got a free pass to, to go out and get my stuff. And I, I, I remember exiting the building and pushing the door open, and it was a bright, sunny day. Sun was shining. It was 70 degrees, 
and and it just reminded me of how lucky I was because I had a coach that said, you know, when the when it was freezing cold outside, boys, it's 70 degrees and the sun's shining, or the sun will come up tomorrow, and then you got to be ready to go again uh, after a defeat. And I just remember walking out knowing that there wasn't going to be a tomorrow at Oak Hill High School. So um, those are just personal things. I was all by myself trying to reflect on fantastic memories, fantastic teammates, knowing that that was done, and then knowing because we had a playoff game that we had to start basketball practice the <laughs> next week, right? So um, it was all good. And we honestly, as competitive as we were, uh, we needed to – we needed to go play basketball mm-hmm. uh, after that. It was a big, it was a, it was a big loss. Yeah. Uh, you hate to see you in time. Great times are over. Yeah. And as that basketball season started, that's when you started reaping in some rewards and some awards from that senior year of football. Again, you're named first team, all state class one, a, as a defensive back, the sports hotline co player of the year with Mike Atkins. Right, sure. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ken Hill obviously yeah. had a long run running well, the sports hotline. Oh, absolutely. Weren't we fortunate to have the Mm -hmm. Ken Hill on the sports hotline? Yep, and then you were the Chronicle Tribune County Player of the Year that year and finished your career running the football 338 times for 2,128 yards. And Toby had a 6.3 yard per carry average. Pretty darn good numbers running the football. And then you made first team All-State as a defensive back. So a two-way player that uh, left his mark on the Oak Hill football program. And then you transition right into that senior year of basketball, which we talked about, which you guys had a great class, great athletes, and you, you know, had a good season that just ended a little short. Yeah. Had, had good underclassmen too. Greg Perkins was come coming up, but uh, yeah, we're still getting to play with uh, Bart Law and Mike Atkins on that basketball team. And um, Bob McHenry and, and Pete McHenry was younger than him, but uh, just a good group of guys. And they were, we, we took more pride in uh, Coach Heaton developed a, a system of uh, counting defensive points for what you did. We took more pride in that than who scored the points. Uh, that was that was a fun year. So like you get points if you made if you tip a, the ball a, or a, steal a or steal. deflections yep. things like that. Yeah, rebounds, rebounds. defensive rebounds, yeah. just things that aren't tangible to scoring, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, was a neat thing. Sure. So then your senior year finishes up on the track and field uh, concourse out there. So if I'm a track and field fan coming out to watch Toby Middlesworth senior year and my long hair and bell bottoms, what am, what am I going to see you do? What are you doing? <laughs> you remember those times, don't you? Uh, I, I hurdled. I, I was high hurdles, low hurdles, and ran the mile relay. So, gotcha. yeah. Well, very good. Well, during that senior year and probably some of your junior year, you started getting contacted by colleges, right, to play at the next level. So talk me through your recruiting process, why you chose Purdue. Yeah, so uh, all during the senior year mainly, uh, not much the junior year, um, and 1A schools were not big targets for recruiting. Uh, started getting a lot of letters uh from different colleges. Uh, Kentucky was one. Uh, I did visit uh, Bart Law, looked at Western Kentucky and went and played a season there. And I, I visited there. It's really my only visit. A um, uh, lot of NAIA teams, a lot of opportunities there. But, uh, you know, for me, I, I grew up uh, a Boiler fan. Uh, 
my parents brainwashed me like I brainwashed my kids, right? Um, to bleed black and gold. And, and I, I was just kind of the way I was made, Brad. I, I, I looked at those other schools and those opportunities, but I always wondered if I could make it at Purdue. Could I play at Purdue? And so Coach Law was asking me um, shortly, kind of during basketball season, what do you want to do? And I said, I'd really like an opportunity uh, to just walk on. Just walk on at Purdue. If I didn't make the team or things didn't work out, I was at the college that I wanted to be in, studying agriculture. And so um, he put together highlights and things, and we went over and or he actually sent them over. The coaches looked at them. Uh, they invited us to come look, and then they offered me to uh, the opportunity to walk on at Purdue. So that was a that was a neat thing. Yeah, Coach Jim Young was uh, was he there? Your yeah, going he, into your freshman year. Yeah, freshman year. Gotcha. And yeah. then who was your position coach? Leon Burnett. Leon Burnett, who ended up uh, becoming the head coach for a few years. There. Yeah. So yeah, so that, I had a good opportunity. So that highlight tape VHS. <laughs> or what, what was it? Yeah, VHS. VHS, which is what I use still. Yeah, okay, when, uh, well, that's good. When I was in high school. So <laughs> so do you remember your signing day? Did you have a signing day? I did not because yeah. I wasn't a scholarship. Gotcha. It was uh, your report on this date. You're just a freshman. The freshman actually reported a week before the veterans did, the upperclassmen. And so um, we stayed in the old Cary Quad building, and, and they worked with us for a week. Um, uh yeah. Yeah. What do you remember about that first couple of weeks, that first week of practice when the older players come back and you see how big they are? <laughs> yeah. And you're probably just. Yeah. It's um, uh, college athletics is uh, kind of night and day, different than high school, uh, bigger, stronger, faster, right? And there were some pretty big boys. I, I, I was fortunate. I mean, I came from. Oak Hill, right, where you set the bench your freshman and sophomore years, you don't get many opportunities to play. So it was just that that was okay with me. I mean, I was part of a team. Uh, probably my freshman year, Brad, I, I probably grew as a player uh, more so that year than any other. I uh, My freshman year was Mark Herman's senior year. I mean, Mark ended up uh, being third on the Heisman uh, voting, and I went against him every play on scout team there was only about six of us on scout team dbs and we went every play mm -hmm. and so i got better i just got better and over that year i got stronger and i got faster and then just kind of kept waiting for an opportunity and that, that that opportunity finally came so your freshman year what was your before we talk about that sophomore year and your opportunities mm -hmm. what was that first aha moment like uh these guys are different they're built differently Welcome to college football moment. Did you get hit really hard, uh, uh, blindsided, or what was it? Yeah, I, uh, I got blasted by an offensive lineman pulling. I, I, I was a cornerback that, that first year and uh, a big pull, and here he came. So, but get up and, and go again, right? Yep, get up, go again. Then you go into your sophomore year. So talk about the opportunities you guys had. That have been 1981. The team finished 5-6. and six. You guys were 3-6. and six. In the Big Ten Conference, uh, it was Coach Young's final season at Purdue. And you guys had a, two really signature wins that year. You beat number 19, Stanford, and you beat number 13, Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so 
my sophomore year early, and I, uh, Notre Dame was really early in the season, I, I didn't get to travel. Um, I got to go my freshman year to the Liberty Bowl uh, when the Purdue played down in Memphis, and, and that was a great experience. But my sophomore year, I didn't travel right away. Um, I was the beneficiary of our punt team of having two punts blocked at Notre Dame. It was an away game, so I didn't get a dress. I didn't get to travel. And so the coaches were looking for volunteers to come out and rush the punt. So, you know, it was a scout team thing. I thought this could be my opportunity. And, in fact, it, it was. It, um, I rushed from the outside and blocked three punts in a row. And I went from, hey, you, to what's your name? And so uh, I was scout team player of the week and got to travel and, and uh, scout team players of the week got to be on a kickoff team. And I made two solo tackles. It was just, uh, yeah, great, great memory. And that, that was my opportunity where uh, took they advantage at least of it. my name. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Just, it was, yep. it was lucky that it worked out. And uh, uh, from there on, you know, just, was just about on all the specialty teams. So what was that first game where you made those two solo tackles? It was up at Minnesota. I got to travel okay. uh, with the team and go to Minnesota. Uh, that's when Minnesota didn't they didn't play in the Metrodome. They were still in their old, the old field. It was their okay. last year of the old field. Great big grass, you know, just college football field. Yep. Got a tight old stadium. Uh, hmm. Yeah, and uh, I'll never forget it. What was that first tackle? So, what, so the, yeah, the first tackle uh, actually was uh, um, I just outran the guy that was trying to block me, and I tackled uh, the ball runner right in front of our bench. Now, Dick Dollahan was our receiver coach. He was the head coach of Ben Davis for years and very successful, ran the passing camp, yep. Dollahan passing camp. And, and I'll never forget hitting him. Well, we had to do it again because we were offsides. And so I ended up making the, almost the exact same play uh, two times in a row. Just, and so from there on, uh, they started using me in opportunities. So, so by the end of the year, how many special teams were you on? Um, that's, that sophomore year, probably four. four. Yeah, kickoff, kickoff return, punt team mm -hmm. uh, was a big one. And so, yeah. So you had speed, obviously, to be on those, on those teams. On the punt team, what was your position? Actually, I was uh, on the line okay. in, a, in the tackle position, center, two guards, two tackles, and I was the tackle guy. Um, you know, you just, they, they a lot of times just put skill players in mm -hmm. to cover punts, and, and so that's what, that's what I did. Fortunately, I never had any of the guys that I was responsible for to block – Block a punt. Or there you something. go. Yeah, that's, that would have been, <laughs> been a bad deal. So an exciting sophomore year for you. Your first taste of Big Ten action, Division One football. Had to be a surreal experience. Then going into your junior year, 1982, you had a coaching change, and Coach Leon Burnett came in. You guys finished at 3-8 and eight on the season, 3-6 and six in the Big Ten. You had some nice wins over Iowa and Michigan State that year. What do you remember about 1982? Um. Still had the opportunity to be on a lot of specialty teams. Leon Burtnett, the head coach, was my position coach, so I knew him well, and and we had a great relationship, and so I think that was important. And uh, so a lot of traveling. I, I, I remember the Iowa game. It rained and rained and rained, and uh, same thing. You know, you make a play, and you yep. picture sliding 20 yards, you know, and the water flying and all 
that's a that's a good memory maker. Oh, I'm sure. I think they actually maybe beat us then. I'm not sure, but uh, that was the first time in like 22 games in a row we had a streak of beating Iowa. Yeah. And that was uh, the Hayden Fry uh, start uh, for Iowa, and then they became really good com- competition. Sure, certainly. So 82. Uh, you guys obviously didn't have a great year, but you continued to get on the field. You continue to play. So going into your senior year, 1983, um, Coach Burton had second year, and you guys finished at 3-7 with one tie. Yep. So you had three wins, seven losses, one tie. You had nice wins over IU and Minnesota, and then that tie came against Michigan State. Uh, overtime didn't start in college football until 1996. So you guys <laughs> finished that year with a tie. So talk about your senior year, 1983. Yeah, so my senior year, um, kind of um, through spring ball, was um, kind of in a position to be a starter at strong safety or uh, free safety, and um, uh, just kind of went through that whole process of, of spring ball, and uh, then that fall uh, started in and had a had a guy come that was probably a little bit better than me, or a lot of bit better than me, maybe. Uh, came and and uh, Rod Woodson, uh, you know the, his career speaks for itself, and uh, you know NFL Hall of Famer and a good guy. And uh, I remember the first practice. Practice. Um, I was. They still put me at first string, and and I got to watch Rod on a football field. And I called home that night, and I said, Mom, Dad. Um, I'm going to be second string again <laughs> and on the specialty <laughs> teams because uh, Rod Woodson is the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it was a great memory. They, uh, Leon Burtonette, who I had a good relationship with, he came up to me as we were getting ready to go to our first game. And um, he, uh, he said, Middlesworth, I got a job for you to do. Um, so I was roommates with Rod Woodson uh, in the hotel and, he said, your job this whole year is to teach everything you know to Rod Woodson except how to run fast. He already knows <laughs> how to do that. So we did. We, we roomed all, every game, and uh, he was a fantastic player, smart guy. I didn't have to teach him a whole lot. He was um, he was really good. So we'll give you some credit for his NFL well, Hall of Fame I, career. I would like to. I would like to take credit, but I know that's probably not worthy. So Rod Woodson obviously is one of the best football players to come from Purdue. You played with other good teammates too that had uh, you know, successful careers. Brock Spack, you had quarterback Scott Campbell, Jim Everett, wide receiver Rodney Carter. You played with some dudes. Yeah, uh, Jim Everett and I were roommates, uh, and Jim Everett's a great story of paying your dues. You know, he had Scott Campbell in front of him, and he finally got to play his junior and senior year. And um, uh, Brock Spack and I are are good friends. Uh, I haven't talked to him for a few years, uh, but he's he was a, a great teammate, and we spent a lot of bus trips. The bus trips, Brock and I would sit together, and he'd want to know about farming, right? So he was from Rockford, Illinois. So He's definitely and, found his calling coaching yeah, college football. He's yeah, had Southern, a very successful career. Southern Illinois, yeah, yeah. yeah doing, a, doing a good job. Yeah. So what do you remember, Toby, about some of the places you played in the Big Ten? So – do you have a specific stadium that was the the loudest or the most intense? Michigan was just big, you know, one hundred five thousand loud. Um, Wisconsin 
was a, a venue that was just crazy. Uh, those students knew, I think it was a party the night before, you know, and <laughs> uh, that was a kind of a neat college atmosphere. Um, always liked to go to IU and be, beat IU. That oh, was, yeah. That was always a good deal. Yeah, it never gets old. Never, never. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What about uh, what about guys you played against? If you think back through those three years at Purdue, you were on the field at the same time with some probably pretty stellar athletes. Yeah, uh, John Elway is one that comes to mind uh, uh, when he was at Stanford. Um, yeah, there's a there's yeah. there's a lot, and it's kind of almost too hard to name. But you would sure. certainly, as you prepared for those, um, you know, there were some Heisman. Heisman guys out there. Yeah. Was there a program in the Big Ten, a team that you felt like every year was just really prepared? Maybe a team that was one of the better coach teams that you faced every year? Well, Michigan uh, still it kind of rings true today. Michigan and Ohio State was uh, very well prepared. Um, we found out Iowa uh, when Hayden Fry came and kind of changed their program around. He was kind of the the real deal for them for, for years. Yeah. Um, yeah, there at that level, there's good players everywhere, mm -hmm. and it just seems if you can get a, a run together and and team continuity, you know, to be successful, it, it it's it's hard to win. Yeah, it's hard to win. It takes a lot of work. So you're a student athlete, obviously a student first. So you had some success <laughs> in the in the classroom where you're there. Talk about your academic experience at Purdue. Um, well, I tell people that I. I majored in football. I minored in uh, meeting my wife, Diane, and somehow I got an ag econ degree. And uh, so I was in the, in the ag school, and uh, um, I remember the computers were just starting in, you know, and computer labs, and you could never get in on the time. So I remember going like 2 a.m. in the morning to go to a, a computer lab and uh, then going to, through practice and and training table and meetings and all that. But you got the diploma. You graduated from Purdue, uh, met your wife there, and then you come back to the community, and you've been heavily involved ever since. Uh, I mentioned earlier you were a football coach at Oak Hill. You had a nine-year, I think, stretch where you are an assistant coach. Yeah. Uh, uh, when I got out of college, I went and helped Coach Law at Taylor for four or five years and then helped Dave Durkis. Uh, Dave asked me. He was at Eastern High School over in Greentown and helped him for four or five years. Dan Brockler uh, came to Oak Hill then and, and then was there for Bud Osmond's first year and was there till 05. Derek was uh, become, becoming a high school player and just kind of felt like I needed to be a dad instead of a coach. Yeah, so what was the highlight of that, uh, that Oak Hill coaching career? You were there from 96 through 04 yeah. on the sidelines. Uh, I think sectional championship in 96. Yeah, uh, when I was early uh, – Al Mitchell was in the press box, defensive coordinator, and I, I called all the defenses, and that was a good, uh, a good memory. Uh, but for me, uh, it, was, it was about the kids. I mean, it was I, I loved going into the locker room after a practice or a rough game and finding that kid that was struggling a little bit and provide some encouragement. And, uh, yeah, so I, I see faces. If I close my eyes, I see faces. You were instrumental, I know, in a lot of uh, Oak Hill athletes' lives as a coach, and the opportunity to coach your son had to be pretty special as well. It was, Derek. Uh, gosh, for all those years of helping Dan and 
and Derek's when he was young, he was out there with me, and uh, he would run sprints. He would he would get on the line and run sprints. So lots lots of good memories. Uh, you yeah. know, spending time with with him. He he loved being around. Yeah, and then obviously you've been a pillar in the community over that time as well with your agricultural businesses and heavily involved in church as well and and just been able to help out a lot of people. So you want to talk a little bit as we wrap up about uh, some of the ways you've been able to give back to the Oak Hill community. Well, I, kind of a football term, you know, You, I hope I, I taught my kids humility and I always kind of use the cliche of go through life with your knees bent and your head on a swivel because there's a lot of uh, people who need help and uh, it, life is not about you. It's about everybody else. And you can just be used as an instrument. Uh, I think playing, um, having an opportunity to play, I, I didn't take that lightly at college. I, I uh, relied a lot on God uh, to get me through you know, those moments, those tough times when you didn't think you were going to make it. And uh, such is life, right? And so uh, just sports in general, just a great opportunity to, to teach kids, to teach family, um, learned a lot of leadership uh, stuff growing up and, and through athletics and then had opportunities to, to be in leadership positions, um, uh, some, some at church, some in uh, national organizations, uh, uh, you know, young farmers, was an organization that was kind of a kind of a neat thing so um yeah and so that continues today uh, one of the things we did was buy an old school and remodeled it and that was uh actually it was i needed something to fill some time i quit coaching in 05 and we bought uh what currently is the roseburg event center in the fall of 05 and re remodeled it and uh my mom was a big uh, part of, of Roseburg, uh, also with our family, but it was an opportunity for just, you know, Roseburg wasn't a job. It was fun with family. It was another opportunity to, to teach work ethic and responsibility and, and uh, turn kids loose uh, with some responsibility. And, and so that, that's been a good thing. Uh, since COVID, uh, the event center has really been slow and, and for years, um, um, last four years, we talked about starting a non-for-profit, which is Compass Connection Ministries, and uh, uh, excited to get that going. Um, uh, I, I do have a passion for college kids, uh, in particular college athletes. I've, I've seen college athletes, the, the great high school athlete, come and go at Purdue, you know, scholarship players, and then they're gone. And... Um, uh, Players, um, girls, boys, you know, sometimes find their identity. Uh, sometimes it's in sports. And um, I, I think uh, that if we can help kids uh, keep the focus off themselves and maybe put their identity in Jesus, that uh, they're going to be well served to follow him. Uh, certainly my experience mm -hmm. of uh, following Jesus and him being instrumental in the, the ups and downs of life, the right turns and the left turns and, and uh, the opportunities that come. Um, 
so yeah, uh, Compass is, is going to be a, a good thing, and it's just starting, um, which is exciting for us and uh, to invest in young kids, uh, invest in young families, and then we've got some exciting community-type things we're wanting to do here as well. Well, very good. Well, Toby, you've entertained the Oak Hill community on the gridiron and the basketball court and the track and field <laughs> complex for many years, but then also you've done so much to help and give back. So I appreciate your time today, learning more about your story, and uh, appreciate you coming in and being on the podcast. Thanks for the opportunity, Brad. Absolutely.